All right, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline, or use the Central Church app. Malachi chapter 3 is where we're going to go today. Malachi is the last book um, in the Old Testament. Um, and we've spent the last several weeks in this series called Be Bold. We've been talking about taking our next steps that Jesus has called us to take with boldness. Um, not 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 just wondering if we're able to, but understanding that he who is in us is greater than anything in the world and we can be overcomers. And so we're to be bold in what God is calling us to do. Um, this week, let me start off by saying this. If you're brand new to Central, if this is your first time, like maybe your friend's been inviting you, today's the day, you finally walk in, you're not quite sure, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Um, when you visit a church, you're here for the first time, second time, third time. Um, you come into church with like one foot on the brake because we're a church and you've heard things. And most of them are probably true that you heard. And so you don't really trust us. And I get that. Like I completely understand that. And so I'm going to tell you up front, today's going to be awkward. Really awkward. I know I've said that for the past three weeks. And I guess I should have just named this series Awkward. That. That'd probably be a cool name for a series. Um, but today, it, it's going to be awkward not because of a particular Bible story. Today's going to be awkward because I'm going to preach about money. You feel that tension right there? You feel it? It's awkward. Listen, listen I'll just say this up front. It's awkward for me too. Like, it, it just is. Like, there's not a pastor. Well, there are. Those idiots on TV love preaching about money. Um, there's, not, there's not a normal pastor that enjoys it. But the Bible talks about it. And, and I understand it's, it's very suspicious when a pastor talks about money. And if you're suspicious, so I'm okay with that. In fact, let me, let me just go ahead and do this. I'm going to give you permission to not agree with anything I say today. You can just listen. And at the end of the service, you can walk out and you can say... I don't believe any of that. That's awesome. That's, that's fine with me. But the reason I'm going to talk about it is because we talk about real life issues here at Central. And money is something all of us thought about this week. Am I correct? Anybody think about money this week? Anybody think about it? Money is something we talked about this week, right? In fact, we talk about money and we don't even notice that we're talking about it. Money is, money is something that happens in our everyday lives. There's some people here this week, like you worried about it. Anybody want to be honest and say you worried about money this week? Anybody in church want to, want to just say, I worried a little bit about money this week? It's, you know, it's tough. If you're married, you fought about it. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you fought about it. Fought. Not thought. Fought about it. There's something that we talk about, something we think about, something we worry about, something we fight about on a consistent basis. And the Bible has something to say about it. Shouldn't we talk about it in God's house, yes or no? See, I think we should. Because listen, the Bible says more about money than it does heaven, hell, faith, and prayer combined. All, all of us would consider those to be pretty important subjects, right? Heaven, hell, faith, and prayer, those are pretty important, yes or no? Yeah, money has more verses dedicated to it in the Bible than all of them. Now, once again... If you're skeptical, skeptical of me, I get it. <laughs> I'd be skeptical of me too. I, I would. But if you think this church is after your money, here, here's all I'm going to ask you. For the next 30 minutes, give me like the benefit of the doubt. Because I believe if we'll pay attention to God's word, we'll learn some things. 
And so the book of Malachi, today I want to visit a passage of scripture that if you're from a church background, you're somewhat familiar with, but I want us to look at it today and really focus in on it, all right? So Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says this, I the Lord do not change, so you the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Now, when I read that verse, it always causes me to think we live in a world full of change, do we not? I mean, hairstyles change. Clothing preferences change, musical tastes change, things change. And I started thinking about changes that I've experienced just in my life. For example, I love video games. The very first video game console that I ever got was an Atari. Atari, not the Atari 2600. Joystick and button Atari. Like how many, that, you had that thing. How many of you have never seen one of those and you just like, or you never, how many of you like honestly never played one of those? All right, cool. It's all girls that raise their hand. That's probably what just happened. I'm not sure, but, but that was it. And, and, and we wore that thing out. Like Pac-Man was, was the greatest. Pitfall was incredible and nobody could ever win it. It was like rigged. It was awful. And so, but, but that, that was it. But then, Video games started progressing. We went from this to the 2600. They got a little bit better. But then a sound came into my life. And this sound completely changed the way I viewed video games for the rest of my life. It's this sound right here. Remember that? How many of you played Super Mario Brothers? At one point, you have played it. How many of you? Okay. How many of you have grandkids that have played it? Okay, now the ladies' hands went back up. Great. <laughs> It changed us, right? Now, there's another sound that changed all of our lives. You may have a hard time believing this, but at one point in the United States of America, when people wanted to communicate with someone else, they would actually take a pen, a piece of paper, and they would write this thing called a letter. They'd put something on it called a stamp. They'd put it in the mail. And 28 weeks later... You would get that piece of mail and you would open it up and you would read what they wanted. But then this sound came into our lives. Wait for it. You've got mail. <laughs> How many remember dial-up, baby? How many remember that? Yeah, you're on the internet, then your mom gets on the phone, knocks you off the internet. What are you doing? All of us have lived through certain kind of changes. But in a changing world, aren't you glad that we have an unchanging God? See, God is always good. God is always great. God is always all-loving. God is always all-powerful. He's always holy. His plans are greater than our plans. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are greater than our ways. God is an unchanging God in a changing world. And I'm so glad we have the anchor to hold on to where he said, I, the Lord, do not change. And with that thought, though, comes the fact that while he does not change, it also means he does not change his mind, ever. Very important. Keep, keep that in mind. God does not change, and he does not change his mind. Let's keep reading, and we'll come back to that. Verse 7. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. That's every single one of us here still today. 
right? Left on our own, left to our own devices. We will run, we will destroy ourselves. Then he says this, turn to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? That's a great question. God says, hey, I want you to come back to me. I want you to come back because if you come back to me, like the relationship is going to stay solid. You come back, I'm going to come back to you. And they say, well, what do you want us to do, God? Like, like, how do we do that? What do you want us to do? And then watch how he answers this. This is crazy. He says, will a mere mortal rob God? This is a pretty offensive direct question. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Now, anybody in here ever been legitimately robbed? Anybody? Okay, cool. It's because you live in Carroll, Iowa. All right. You've been in West East Side, Indianapolis. Anyway, but you ask, how are we robbing you? Now, now watch this. This is, this is God. This is them saying, how, how are we supposed to return? Right? Like, like God, we're, 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 we're not, we're not like happy with you. We're running. We want something else. We want to give into the world. The world is offering us all this temporary relief and, and making us believe that, that we're happy, but we're really miserable. So, so we'd like to come back, but God, how do we do it? Well, you're robbing me. Well, what do you mean, God? How, how do we rob you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Now, he didn't just say tithes, all right? He said tithes and offerings. That would, tithe would be like 10%. Offering would be something, you know, beyond the tithe, all right? That, that's, that's what he said, okay? So for everybody who's got their hands up and they're just like, oh, tithing, he's going to talk about tithing. It's Old Testament and offerings. He says them both right here. Okay, so stop. Stop with the arguments. Stop with the, I want to manipulate the Bible to keep my own little, my, my, my life, the way my life should be. Like, just stop. Stop. Stop trying to fight what God says. Just stop. Stop trying to fight what God says. You know why? I, the Lord, do not change. I don't change my mind. Your situation is not going to cause God to say, oh my gosh. I never considered that. For you, everything is okay. Mm-mm. Will a man rob God? How do we rob you? In tithes and offering. Feel the tension in here? This is great. <laughs> Let's keep reading. You are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now, I started looking at this word cursed. It's pretty legit when somebody tells you you're under a curse. And I started thinking about curses. And I started thinking... About in the Gallagher's house, what is cursed? And I could come up with plants. Plants are cursed. We could kill anything. You want to you want to kill marijuana distribution in America? Appoint me Secretary of Agriculture. Marijuana plants they just die. I remember some, one time somebody gave Mary a plant, and they said, "You can't kill this plant." Do we killed it? Killed it, didn't we? Killed it. It was plastic. I mean, the things died. Every, every plant, it wasn't plastic. Every plant is cursed. When something is cursed, it means it cannot grow. And God told these people, you're under curse because you're robbing me in tithes and offerings. In other words, you cannot grow. And everything around you is not going to grow. Now, here's what I want you to consider today. When it comes to your finances, they are either blessed by God or cursed by God. There's no middle ground. There, there's not. They're either blessed by God or cursed by God. Now, let me tell you where this hit me. I was listening to a message one time. This was years ago. And a pastor was talking about his trip to Israel. I've never been. 
Never been to Israel. Anybody ever been to Israel? Anybody been? I'm going, we're going in October of 2024. Um, we're going on a cruise around the Mediterranean Rim. It's like a bucket trip list. You can go too. There's, you can like sign up for it. Um, it's, um, it's with Legionnaire Ministries. It's going to be awesome. Some of the best um, scholars today um, are leading this thing. And so anyway, it will be like a trip of a lifetime for all of us. And so if you want to go um, see me, I can get you more information. But anyway, he said he was at this place called Caiaphas's house. And you can go there today. Caiaphas's house, one of the places where they took Jesus the night before they crucified him. And he said at Caiaphas's house, you could stand and you could see the Mount of Olives. You could see the Garden of Gethsemane. You can kind of see Bethlehem. There's there's development, there's real estate all over the place. There's buildings. But there's one piece of land, like in the middle of this, called the potter's field. We have a picture of it right here. That piece of land right there, that is called the potter's field. You can see there's development all around it, except for that field right there. And, and it's, it's like crazy. And so he was talking about how he asked the tour guide, what is that piece of land right there? Is it too expensive? Does, does nobody want to buy it? I mean, will nobody sell it? Like, what is that piece of land? And the tour guide told him, that is the piece, and this, this is true. You can look this up. You can Google this today. That is the piece of land that was bought with the money that Judas paid when he betrayed Jesus. And he said, it's cursed land. Christians won't build on it. Jews won't build on it. Muslims will not build on it because it's cursed. So think about this. Judas betrayed Jesus. Anybody know for how much? 30. 30 pieces of silver. Where did Judas get the money from? Anybody remember that? The high priest, right? The high priest. Where did the high priest get the money from? Temple treasury. How did the money get in the temple treasury? The tithe. So technically, technically, Judas betrayed Jesus for tithe money. And so people that believe that tithing is an Old Testament concept that's done away in the New Testament, first of all, God never lowered the standard in the New Testament. He always raised it. And second of all, this is a picture of 2,000 years of proof that when we betray Jesus for money, the ground, what we have is cursed. Listen, I'm not telling you today that God wants your blessing. I'm not telling you that God wants your money. I'm telling you today, you need God's blessing. Feel that? Feel this tension? <laughs> this is great. Hey, man, I don't want anything from you. We'll see that in a little bit. I just, I just want you to know that. Let's, let's keep going. Verse 10. He says this, bring the whole what? Tithe. Notice he did not say give. He said, he said what? Bring. He didn't say give. He said what? He didn't say give. He said what? Bring. Like, for example, if you borrow my Jeep today, love my Jeep. I don't think I'd, I'd love it, but I, I absolutely do. Now, let's say I loaned you my Jeep today, and, and you brought it back to me three days from now, and you knocked on my door, and you said, hey, Ryan, I'm giving you a brand new Jeep. No, you're not. You're not giving me a brand new Jeep. You're bringing back to me what I gave you to use in the first place, right? You're, you're bringing back what was mine. Bring back the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring back what's his. Now, I want to show you how this plays out, all right? Everybody take out your dime bag. Yeah, that's what I said. 
I don't know what else to call it. I don't know. Everybody take out your dollar and your dime. Everybody take it out. Open it up. Dollar and a dime. Everybody got them? A dollar and a dime. Everybody, everybody got one. This is what tithing is. Everybody hold up your dollar. Hold up. For every one of these, you give God one of these. That's it. That's how easy it is. For every one of these, you give God one of these. If you've got 10 of these, you give God 10 of these. If you've got 100 of these, you give God how many of these? 100, right? See how easy it is? See, where we have a problem with tithing is we think that these right here are a result of our hard work, not the blessing of God. Because if we see this as a blessing of God, we don't have the attitude of, oh, I've got to give this. We view it as, man, I get to keep nine more of these. Everything we have in life is a gift from God. Do not miss that. Everything we have in life, everything is a gift from God. However, statistically, the more of these you make, the less of these you'll give. It's true, statistically. And, and for the people who say, oh, wait a minute, I wake I make way too many of these to ever give. Ten of, I will pray for God to reduce your income so you can understand he really, truly is the source of everything good in your life. Everything we have is a gift from God. And so for every one of these, he just says, hey, I want one of these. For every one of these, you give one of these. Now notice this. He said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That's the local church. Some people disagree with that. That's fine. You can be wrong. Because listen to me. If Jesus, like if, if Jesus doesn't come back before then, the local church will still be here in another 2,000 years. Not universities, not hospitals. I, I think those are great causes. I think we should give to them. I, I give to those. But the local church is still going to be here. The local church is still going to be making a difference. I'm glad we have the local church, and I'm glad we have people that tithe here at Central. Listen, I am not preaching this message because the church needs any money. All right, we, we have people in this church who tithe. They tithe regularly. They tithe faithfully. They give generously. But we could do a lot more for the kingdom if more people stepped up in this area. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This is God talking to all of us into the storehouse so that there may be what? Food in my house. You know what? You know what that means? When we showed up at church today, there's food in the house. There is. There's food. God's word is food. There's food in kids' church right now as kids are learning about Jesus on their level. There'll be food on Wednesday night when the kids show up, the teenagers, when they gather together at the 712 Youth Ministry to worship Jesus. There'll be food in this house when people show up this week with problems. There's food in the house when marriages are falling apart. They come to church and they find hope and they find restoration. Last year, listen, last year this church, this, this church, our campus, this church gave $73,056 to missions. Right? That's a lot for a church this size. There is food in this house because people are honoring God for every one of these. They give one of these. Right? That, that's, that's what it is. And that's what happens when you give. We can advance the kingdom of God. Listen, the kingdom of God is going to advance. 
but it advanced a lot farther and a lot faster if his people got on board. Because watch this. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. God says, come on, Cletus. Come on. Test me. He, he didn't say it like that, I don't think. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. By the way, let me point that out. That phrase right there, that's key. Lord Almighty. Lord Almighty. Say that. Lord Almighty. Ryan, I got financial problems. Lord Almighty. He's bigger than your financial problems. He's bigger. He's bigger, all right? Lord Almighty. That's who he is. He's who? Lord Almighty. That's who he is. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I love that. I love that. Verse 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. There it is again. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, with all this in mind, I want to ask you three questions. Before I get to these three questions, let me tell you this. These three questions, they're going to sting. If you're not a Christian or you're new here, um, once again, I, I give you complete permission to just not even believe any of this. But these are three questions that I think we all need to wrestle with if we're going to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Okay? Here's the first question. Why would I trust God with all of my sin and not all of my money? Why would I trust God with all of my sin and not all of my money? See, here's the good news today. There is no sin in the room that cannot be covered by the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't care about the addiction. I don't care about the abortion or the affair or anything that you have wrestled with in your life. There is no sin that cannot be covered by the cross of Jesus Christ. On the flip side, there is no sin in the room that does not need to be covered by the cross of Christ. All of us. All, listen, 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 listen. At the, at, the, at the cross, the ground is level. When we come to Jesus, when we give our lives to Jesus, we're telling him, I surrender everything. I surrender everything. Not some things. Not most things. Everything. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, and I believe you paid for my sin. Only through Jesus are we made right with God. And we need to say, Jesus, I give you all of my sin. I give you everything. Everything. All of my sin. Now, at that moment, there's a biblical term called justification that takes place. We are literally justified before God. We are made right before him. He takes all of our wrong and he gives us all of his right through his son, Jesus Christ. We are made clean and we are made brand new. He takes all of our sin. How much of our sin does he take? All. But here's the deal. I've already said that the Bible has way more to say about money than it does about heaven, hell, faith, and prayer combined. So why would we trust God with all of our sin, but none of our money? L let me say this, because again, I can feel all the tension here. You don't like this message, and, and that's cool. You don't have to give God a dime from here on out for the rest of your life for him to love you. God's love for you is not based on giving. 
It's not based on your serving. It's not based on your Bible reading. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. This isn't about us getting God to love us. This is about saying, God, I love you. Because God made the ground level. And he said, the way to tangibly say that I'm first in your finances is for every one of these, you give one of these. That's a tangible way that we can worship. Listen, when it came to paying for our sin, God sent his very best. Yes or no? Yes. He didn't go to some under-challenged angel somewhere in the back room of heaven playing ping pong and say, hey, I want you to go pay for the sin of the world. (laughs) Okay. No, he sent Jesus. He sent his best. He sent the very best he had. Think about it like this. Girls. Let me just ask girls, single girls or all married girls, think about back when you were single. Let me ask you a question. Let's say a dude asks you out on a date, like asks you out, doesn't send you a text message, doesn't send you a tweet, doesn't do something, like physically walks up to you and says, hey, I'm attracted to you. Would you like to go out on a date? That's how it's supposed to happen. Any man asks you any other way, you say, hell No. Okay, that, that's, what, that's what you say. That's how you text that back. The hashtag, whatever you got to do. All right, you got it? Ask out, right? <laughs> and he better not sit in my driveway and honk for you to come out. Oh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> All right, you agree. He comes, he picks you up in his car. You get in his car, and it looks like this. McDonald's cups all over the place. Happy eating candy bar all over there. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. But you get in because he pushes it all off to the side and says, come on, man, let's go. And you get in, you say, where are we going? He says, I'll take you to my house. And you pull into his house and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be sweet. Maybe he's got like a romantic candlelight dinner waiting for me. You go inside. They're like dirty clothes like everywhere. Just towels, piles of his clothes. He puts you at the table. And he puts down a used paper plate. He says, I'll just try to save some money, baby. Puts down that used paper plate. He goes to the refrigerator. He's like, oh, you're going to love this. I found this for you. He pulls out a sandwich. It's a half-eaten sandwich. So old, it's got a beard on it. You know what I'm talking about? Puts that sandwich down in front of you and says, oh, baby. You're so special to me. There's not a girl in this room that say, oh, I love him. He's the one. No, you would say, hashtag, heck no. Hashtag, get rid of him. Hashtag, hell no. Right? We would all agree that you wouldn't want any part of that, that that's not the best. We would all agree that that is not the way to say, God, I'm giving you my best. Giving God our best is simply for every one of these, God gets one of these. That's the best. He said that's the way to do it first, and that's the way to do it best. Listen, how in the world, I say this all the time, I always ask this question, but how in the world can we stand in the shadow of a blood-stained cross and complain about this when he gave us this to begin with? Question number two. This will be even better. This will really relieve the tension. You're going to love this one. Do I really believe what God says about money and giving? Do I, do I really believe it? 
And, and, and to answer that question, you, you really have to answer, do I really believe that God's word is true? Do I really believe that God's word is infallible? Do I really believe that the Bible is true? Do I really believe what God says about money and giving? That, that, that's a great question. So we need to examine that. In, in order to do that, I need, I need somebody to come up here. I need a volunteer. Um, I'll just pick on Chloe for the service. I'll just continue to pick on Chloe. Come on up. Come on, bring your dime. You didn't even pull it out the bag? You haven't been playing along? You haven't been participating? All right, come on up here. Just stand over there. You don't have to even walk all the way across. No, you got to come up here, though. You got to stand up here. All right, this is what we're going to do. Show everybody your dime. Everybody see it? Everybody get your dime out, too, so you can play along, too. All right, this is what I want you to do. Hold your dime out over here. Put your hand, hold your hand real tight. Hold your hand real tight. Just real tight, all right? Just keep it tight. Keep it tight. All right, this is what God wants to do, right? When we hold on to what God wants us to give him, when we try to get, when he tries to bless us, God tries to bless our lives, we can't get it into our lives because we're holding on to what he gave us. You see that? He's, we're holding on. And, and we can't let go. No matter how much I pour onto this, no matter how much I give her, right, she won't let go of the dime, so she can't get the blessing I'm trying to put in her hand. Now, I want you to give me the dime. Give me the dime. Give me the dime you have in your hand. Give me this. Now watch this. Watch what happens. Watch what happens when she gives it and I start to fill it. Look at that. Look at what she's holding on to. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Now she gives it and I fill it. And she gives it and I fill it. And she gives it and I fill it. She doesn't have the potential to receive like I have the potential to give. She can't even handle it. And the lesson for us is that you can't outgive God. Thanks, baby. You can go sit down. Right? God said, I will bless you. I will bless you, but you've got to let this go. You have got to let this go, and you've got to let it go consistently. Listen, listen, information plus consistent application equals transformation. And so as you hear these things over and over and over again, and you apply that to your life, it, it equals transformation in your life. I know some of you are like, can I come up and clean that up? <laughs> sure. <laughs> These are the third question. What needs to change in the way I handle my finances? What needs to change? Now, today at Central, some of you need to get this. This is an area of your life that's been completely jacked up for years. Today's the day you need to make it right. And you know what? We're not going to have another offering. This is not like, this is where you'd expect the church to, to take another offering, to have another offering. This is not a drive-by guilting. Like, it's not. I'm not trying to guilt you this morning. I'm not. You can go home and figure this out. But if you want to make it right today, you don't need to wait till next Sunday. You can get it right today. On your way out, if you want to give, or you, or you can give at home, yourcentralchurch.com, give, like all, all that stuff. I'm not asking you to sign a commitment today. I'm not. I'm not asking you to stand. I'm not going to ask you, you know, do the 90-day tithing challenge thing. I mean, if you want to do that, you can or whatever. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. Today, you got your dollar and a dime. You got that, right? These are, these are yours. Like, we're, we're giving you these today, right? And if you want to make the commitment to make Jesus first in your finances, as you leave, I just want you to take your dime and drop it into one of the boxes in the back of the sanctuary. Just, just drop your dime. 
We don't have a tracking device on your dollar. We don't have anything like that. We tried to get it. It it wouldn't work, all right? But anyway, now, for some of you, you're going to try to be really holy, and you're going to say, I'm putting in a dollar too. Hold on. Calm down, Captain Pharisee. I'm not saying give your dollar back. This is yours to keep. We do not want this back. Do not give us this back. I want you to keep your dollar. I want you to take it. I want you to put it beside your computer. I want you to put it in your car. I want you to put it somewhere where you can see it. Listen, just as a reminder of how much God has blessed you. How much has God blessed you? How much has God blessed you? And think about it every single day. I want you, if you're going to make this commitment today to put Jesus first in your finances, I just want you to take your dime on your way out, drop it in the box. Listen, if you're not going to, if you're not going to make the commitment, keep the dime. It's okay. Nobody's going to judge you, all right? But if you want to make the commitment today, I want you to drop the dime, keep the dollar, all right? Second thing, I say this at our church all the time, but I want to drill down on this. We don't want anything from you. If you think we're after your tithe money, I want to give you permission to give to another church today. Just go home. Find another church online. As you're driving home, look at another church and say, I'm going to give my tithe money to that church. That's fine. I don't care. Just give it a shot. Just, just give this tithing thing a shot. Just test God. Like he said, test me in this and see that I don't pour out a blessing on you. One that you can't even handle. There's some people here, you're upside down financially. You're in debt. You feel like you have no hope. Credit cards are dominating your life. And and listen, it will continue until you get this right. Normally, at this point in the message, I tell you we have a class that you can come to next week. But we know classes are always a challenge because you got to find childcare, you got to get off work early. It's a struggle to get here, an additional day. And so, you know what we've done? We've got some people in our church who are incredible financial counselors. We would love to hook you up with one of them. Like, like they do finance for a living, and we have free financial coaching from them. We want to help you get this right. Completely free. And we do this not because we want anything from you, but because we want everything for you. Give this a shot. Be bold. Ask for help. Let us help you. And, and, and no one will know. No one will know except for me and your financial coach. That, that's it. And tell me, call the church, tell me you need the help, and we'll get it for you. Listen, Scripture says in Romans 11.36, for those that wrestle with this, I understand, but try looking at money through this lens. For from him and through him and for him are all things, and to him be the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to close with a really quick story, and this is mainly for people who are still skeptical of me after talking about money. I understand. Let me set it up like this. Some of you know the story. Um, but it's, I, I, got, I keep telling it because it's, it's true, and this is what changed me. Um, most people, you probably don't remember where you were on August 19th, 2005. I remember where I was very well. I was headed to my son's very first birthday party. My bank had just called me and told me they had closed all of my accounts, um, all of my business accounts, all of my personal accounts, all of my kids' accounts, and that they were never doing business with me again. One of my employees, I had a masonry construction business, and one of my, mason, one of my um, employees had been secretly stealing money from us for months. 
was taking checks and writing them um, to Hispanic grocery stores, and the grocery store would cast these six to ten thousand dollar checks, and they would keep like sixty percent of it, and they would give him like forty percent of it, and we didn't know what was going on, and all of a sudden we were like totally upside down, bad checks, and they had they had taken everything, everything. We didn't know what to do. Um, Chloe was. Um, Chloe was just starting to get out of diapers, and like I said, Gyro was, was one, and um, we hadn't been grocery shopping, we hadn't done, we hadn't done anything, because we just kind of went, we were the people who just went and did stuff, like, when we needed it, and um, we didn't plan ahead, and we didn't do any of those things, and so we, we had nothing, and we didn't know what we were going to do, and um, somebody, somebody knew, um, still don't know who it is, and somebody brought us a, a $50 Kroger card, which Kroger's the... Um, big grocery store chain in, in Indiana. And um, so we took that, and um, for some reason, for some reason we bought diapers and milk, I think, and maybe a couple other things. And, and for some reason they didn't keep the money on the card. They gave us, they gave us back the cash from the card. And, and Mary, she said, you know what, Ryan, we need to start tithing. And I said, no, dude, we give. And, and as a matter of fact, we give a, a lot. Like, we don't, we don't need to do anymore. And we did. And I don't say that bragging, but we, we, I had a big business and, and she did well in, in, um, in her job and, and we gave a lot. And I remember her telling me this. She said, but we're not intentional and we don't do it first. We're not putting God first. Yeah, we give when there's a need and we buy things and we do this and we do all of this other stuff, but we're not putting God first. And through a process, because things happen over time, and through a process, we, we actually went from just giving to actually tithing. And we took, I don't even remember what it was, the $28 that they gave us back from that card or $8, I don't, I don't even remember. And we took that and, and I put that money in an envelope and I took it to church that day and I put it, we had boxes just like these at that church and I, and I put it in there. And it changed our lives financially. And, and you know what? If you took everything from me today and I was left in the middle of the street with just my little girl, my little boy, and my wife, I would still say Jesus is Lord. And I would still say that God is good. And I would still tell you I have been blessed more than I thought I would ever be. And it's not because of what I have. It's not because of what you have. It's about what Jesus does in our heart. In 2005, I surrendered my finances to him. And listen, I don't say this bragging. Uh, I say this very honestly. Today, if I want something, I can buy it. I'm not broke. And I'm not upside down. It has nothing to do with how much money that comes in because there's not a lot. I'm just telling you that. It has everything to do with how I'm handling what God has given me and how I put him first every single week. It's, it's time for you to really look at this area and be bold and being a generous giver. It's a core value of this church. Give generously. So be bold and drop the dime. Let's pray.